podcast. I'm your host, Mari Reesberg. Over the past several years, I've combined my degrees in acting and somatic psychology to share my sustaining creativity techniques with performers. And now I've decided to share it with a bigger audience that includes you. I believe we are all creative and this podcast is all about that. I'll be interviewing people from all backgrounds, ages, and creativity experiences to share just how creative we all are. Today, I'll be chatting with James I. Bond author of Brain Glue. Please enjoy James I. Bond. Welcome to the Sustaining Creativity Podcast. Today I am here with James I. Bond, author of Brain Glue. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mari. Thanks for having me. I am super excited to hear more about Brain Glue and all the other things that you have done and do in your life. But before we get to the creative, creativity heart of it, why don't you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, I'm originally from Montreal, and uh, uh, we moved to, to Los Angeles, the, the Southern California, not quite Los Angeles, between Los Angeles and Santa Barbara, um, about 36 years ago. Actually, the way I remember it is I have a son and three daughters. We have a son and three daughters. I like to say I, but it's we, you know. <laughs> I, I didn't give birth. and Okay. But, uh, and our middle daughter, we gave her the initials L.A., Lauren Asia, okay, A-J-A. And she loves the name. She's really worked well. Uh, and so I always remember when people say, how long have you been in California? I think, how old is Lauren? Oh, she's 36. Okay, we've been here 36 years. <laughs> it's actually weird because um, two years ago, she asked me, like, Dad, you gave me the middle name Asia, A-J-A, and I love it. People think it's really cool and everything else. Where did you get it from? And I said, I got it from the Steely Dan album, Asia, and the song. We love that song. And she goes, oh, okay. And then she calls me back and says, I just listened to it. It's horrible. That's what you named me after? And I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, she's listened to it a few more times, so she seems to like it now. But it's, it's terrifying being a parent and you name a child. And like, that's their, like, I'm James Bond. You know, I mean, people hang yeah. up on people. I had this guy who was a investment banker named jesse james is that a good name for a banker jesse james wasn't he a bank robber <laughs> might have been <laughs> so i called his office and i said it's jesse and then she said who's calling i said james bond she said yeah right click and hung up on me i called back and she said i'm sorry mr bond she actually said laughing hysterically i'm sorry mr bond he was <laughs> waiting for your call you know oh yeah okay thank you i got it <laughs> but yeah but oh, uh, i am one of when we moved to California, I eventually uh, launched one of California's leading behavioral management firms, and I ran it for 13 years. We had C PhDs in psychology and organizational development on one side uh, and senior execs from uh, major consulting firms on the other side, you know, Ernst & Young, McKinsey, three of those big com companies. And uh, it was really fascinating. I've always – I have a mechanical engineering background, and so I'm very technical. Mm -hmm. But I always love psychology. It's one of those things where they pushed me and said – Oh, you know, you're good at math, go to mechanic, you know, you have to go to mechanical engineering without realizing, but I love psychology. I mean, it's like, it's fascinating it's how people interact and all that stuff. And so, uh, but I read, uh, in, initially I ran an advertising agency in Montreal and uh, I was exposed to, you know, I wor worked my way up 
And we eventually had major clients, some of the biggest companies in the world, Kraft Foods, Timex, Avon, uh, Seagram's, um, uh, you know, uh, Seagram's booze and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we had an opportunity to win the anti-drug campaign in America because of the connections we had. And they said, you guys, you got you're really great. You have to do this. So we came up with a logical reason why people shouldn't do drugs. And they loved it. And then we saw what we lost to. We lost to the, you know, the ad with the guy holding an egg and saying, this is your brain cracking the shell, popping it into a sizzling frying pan. Frying pans, you could hear the sizzling frying pan. And they said, yeah. this is your brain on drugs. Any questions? And when I saw the ad, two things happened. First is I was, I was, I knew it was a gazillion times better than mine, mm -hmm. uh, our ad. Okay. And the second one was, because it was, which is the second reason, because it was emotional selling. And I didn't, I recognized suddenly, I don't understand emotional selling. I mean, this was powerful. It touched me. It was affected me, you know, I mean, and I, I knew it affected other people. It had tremendous results, Yeah. but it was, it was profound, but I didn't understand how do you create that? And I was terrified. I remember I had sleepless nights thinking, how did I get into advertising and marketing and, and business and even life without understanding emotional selling? And uh, I realized they don't teach it in school, or at least they had never have. I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to the library, but they have superficial things, but they don't really teach it. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I created, I took a box and I call, I gave it a name and I called my box the passion box. And then every time I would, you know, I took uh, your brain on drugs. I wrote it on a three by five card, your brain on drugs. So I'd remember it and I put it in the box. Mm -hmm. And every time I, saw something that was like really exciting that used uh, emotional selling, I would, you know, tear it out of a magazine or whatever. I'd write it down. I put it in, a in the box. So I would save it up and I forced myself not to analyze or overanalyze because I don't understand it. So why should I analyze it yet? Let me accumulate it. So at least I can emotionally be affected by them, mm. you know, not logically emotionally. Okay. Yeah. I remember my wife hated me going to, a, I would go to a doctor's office and she would be like, I'd looking through a magazine. Oh, wow. She goes, do not tear out of the magazine. I go, no, no. This is, she says, okay, she would sit as far away from me as possible. I do not know that guy, you know, as I tear out of <laughs> the magazine. But I, I would put, and eventually I started putting things in that weren't just ads. Initially it was just ads I would put in. But I started, you know, I grew up with John F., President John F. Kennedy and, and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and stuff like that. And sometimes they would say things that were really profound. Like President Kennedy said, um, Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And I went, this is, I don't, I don't, it feels like there's a pattern in there. It's really affects people. Let me write it down and I'll put it in the box. It's a, I learned eventually it's called chiasmus and I'll explain what chiasmus is in a second, but in a few minutes, but I went, whoa, you know, I mean, uh, Mar um, Malcolm X, a civil rights activist, Malcolm X came, used chiasmus. He said, uh, we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. The rock landed on us. Mm. And, you know, when you say it that way, suddenly it resonates in a way with the brain, with the heart. That we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. The rock landed on us. And because it resonates, it was really profound. He also used the line, um, when you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Mm -hmm. And it's so profound. I mean, even today, everybody, you know, people say it, they don't even remember it was from Malcolm X, but it was just profound because of how because of chiasmus, because of this pattern. Mm. And so eventually we moved to California, Southern California. And I met John Gray. And John Gray met, or was telling me, he wrote a book called Men, Women, and Relationships. Fabulous. It was profound. It was one of the best uh, relationship books ever, okay? Mm -hmm. 
And he sold a few thousand copies. And he was frustrated because, you know, he thought it was so great that a gazillion people should be reading it. And they weren't. And so he was telling me how he was doing a, a seminar to try to promote the book. And he said something. And all the women in the audience started laughing hysterically. And all the men turned to the women and went like, what's so funny that he just said? <laughs> you know? And then so he said, as you can see, some things women find really funny and men don't. Some things men find funny and women don't. And so one of the women in the audience said, you know, it's almost like men are from a different planet. <laughs> and so he thought about it and he said, I guess men are from Mars. And everybody laughed hysterically. So when he got home, he went like, I really haven't, you know, I really haven't, um, you know, engaged everybody somehow. Men, women and relationships, the title didn't really work. What would happen if I changed the title to men? Are, oh, he thought first, well, if men are from Mars, where are women from? I guess women are from Venus. Venus is the god of love, okay? Mm -hmm. And then he thought, what would happen if I change the title? And also go into the book and just do references to Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. I'll keep it the same book, but, you know, I'll refer to Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus throughout the book. And you know what happened? Almost overnight, he sold a half a million copies, then a million, then two million. I know somebody who helped him in marketing, and he was, yeah. and I wrote in my book, uh, Brain Glue, that he sold 10 million copies. He said, no, you are so wrong. We're already at 50 million copies, 50 million <laughs> copies. You know, he went from a few thousand to 50 million just because he changed the title. And it yeah. really, it, it was amazing mm -hmm. and fascinating. And I love the book. And so when I got home, I was going to put the, hit the book in my passion box. And I said, wait a second, let me take out the all the stuff in my passion box. And I've been saving it for, for now 35 years. But back then it was about, you know, 10 years I've been doing it. Mm-hmm. I dumped them all in my in my bedspread because it was a nice big space. And I said, I, now here's the scientist in me or the left, the logical person in me. I said, are there, can I group them into different uh, processes or patterns? So men are from Mars, women are from Venus is an analogy or a metaphor, okay? What I did was I started to recognize, okay, so that's a metaphor or analogy. So what else is there? Oh, well, the TV show Shark Tank is not a tank full of sharks. I mean, it might feel like it for somebody who's on the show, but it's not a tank full of sharks. It's a metaphor. If it was called the Investors Club or the Investors Group, I don't think it would be as successful as Shark Tank. Right. It's just a cool name because it triggers parts of the brain. I mean, I've learned the science of this since mm -hmm. then. And so and there's a lot of science that goes with why this works. Yeah. So then I I thought, okay, well, I, I, I remember having seen a show on the Discovery Channel or History Channel, one of those two talking about um, Dreyer's ice cream and how they invented, uh, they were struggling. They were, they started during uh, the great depression and yeah. then they came out with Rocky road ice cream mm -hmm. and it's not rocks. You don't open it up and Oh, look, there's rocks inside our ice cream. I do you like that. You know, no broke my tooth. Uh, no, it's, um, but it, it's uh, like rocks because it's, it's chocolate ice cream with nuts and marshmallows mm -hmm. in it. It's bumpy, like a rocky road. They actually stole the name from somebody else, but that's a whole other story. But rocky road became massively successful. And for three reasons. The first one is because it used analogy or metaphor. Okay, it's rocky mm -hmm. road. So it's kind of a cool name. Yeah. Second one is, is ru, ru, rocky road. It used alliteration. Rocky mm -hmm. road, a repeating sound. And I started realizing if brain's alliteration, is that a big thing? And I started realizing, oh my gosh, Coca-Cola, Lululemon. PayPal, TikTok. You think it's a coincidence that these are massively successful companies? You think it's a coincidence that they use alliteration? No. I mean, think of TikTok, okay? If they called it the Chinese 
social media platform. You think it would be as successful as TikTok? No. Definitely not. I mean, there's so much creativity in what it, the kind of the last 36 years of your life and the work and this passion box that you have. I'm so curious, what does it mean to you to be creative? So um, the, the electives are so important in college. Okay. I remember this like it was yesterday. I remember, so we have electives and I took art as one of the electives. Uh, and, I mean, so art classes, I thought, and it's psychology. And that's when I got hooked on psychology. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I took art classes also. I was fascinated by art. And I know it was really cool. Somebody said, oh, you took it because you get nude models. Well, that helped, <laughs> but not really, you know, but it did. But I was, I guess my brain was more focused on what am I getting out of this? They want us to understand shape and body and everything else. And yes, uh, they might have a girl who's really beautiful or whatever, and but it's her shape. It's the shape of her face and everything else. And I started doing drawing, you know, like freehand, freeform drawing. You look at it and don't look at your page and draw, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And they, it was triggering my right brain, my emotional, the emotional side of my my brain, which was fascinating for me. And uh, I never really had opportunity to explore that before. Mm. And between that and psychology, I was like hooked on that and said, forget this mechanical engineering garbage. I mean, that's how I want to make make products. This is more fun. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing that it's the creativity aspect of it was really fascinating. In fact, so initially we had beautiful images that we would do for uh, advertising. And so we were able to come up with like beautiful images and logic because I knew logic and I knew math, you know, mm-hmm. and I knew logic. And so that's how we had it with the advertising. And I loved advertising because of it. When I was exposed to uh, this is your brain on drugs. Yeah. At first I was scared, but eventually I went like, this is art. This is art touches the heart. Art touches the 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 mind, the soul. You know, I mean, it affects us in a way that's emotional, and that's really the greatest art. I mean, they'll show you know, um, what's his name uh, who would splash art onto the canvas and everything else. Uh, Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock, you know, and Jackson Pollock was fabulous. And people would go, oh, it's just a bunch of art splash on the page. No, he was exploring color and how a little bit of color here, a little bit of red with all these other colors works. There's, they have Monet who does the, the squares and all that stuff, you know, and, a, and he wanted to see a small, how big a square of red do I have to do it to balance out all the colors? And to me, it was, it's emotional. It's like, can you st- <laughs> so I took some of the classes I took were um, uh, film classes, uh, motion picture classes. This was so awesome. So I said, we watched a movie and I came out of the movie because I'm moving into the art area. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I said to uh, some friends, so did you like the movie? And he said, well, the acting was good. And I sort of filmmakers, no, 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 forget it. Did you like the movie? Well, the directing was okay. So I said, stop the technical stuff. Just feeling, did you like the movie? Well, it was, and they they were stuck in this whole, I got to tell you, but yeah, I liked the cinematography and then this. Did you like the movie? You know, were you emotionally affected? Can you watch a movie without having to analyze every little piece of it? Can you just affect it? But we do too much and over analysis. And that's why I recognize that, you know, I mean, with brain glue, it helps you because I say, so I want you to come up, think logically first. Okay. So a lot of people are logical first. So think logically first about how you describe what you're doing. Okay. Okay. Got it. Now I want you to have fun. Okay, we're going to come up with crazy analogies. And it's and it, what happens is it, it goes to like Rocky Road Ice Cream. Rocky Road Ice Cream was developed during the Great Depression. And the nickname for the Great Depression was Rocky Road. We're all on a Rocky Road. 
So the concept is we're on a rocky road anyway. We might as well have rocky road ice cream. It's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> but what happens is it triggers emotions and it gets people excited. I mean, I was doing a turnaround of a company that sells martial arts equipment and they were doing a turnaround. So they were afraid they're all going to lose their jobs and they were terrified. And when people are terrified, creativity shuts down. Right. And so I tell jokes and I'm really bad. At trying to have some terrible jokes. So anyway, so the joke I told with the small, with the uh, martial arts equipment company was, um, so the maintenance man is hiding in the maintenance closet. And whenever people would come up to the closet, he would open up the door and scream supplies, you know, not surprise supplies. <laughs> yeah. And so Here's the punishment I get for telling a joke. Okay. Now I told a joke because I'm trying to get people warmed up, you know, like, you know, get that creativity yeah. going, feel good. Forget about what's going on out there and let's all be in here and try to be creative and come up with ways that we can fix the company and save it. Maybe come up with new products, whatever else. Yeah. And so I remember every time I look inside somebody's window, you know, I look and I see how much stress they had on their face. I'd open the door. I wasn't intending to get this, but I would get this response almost all the time. I'd open the door and say, hey, how's it going? And they go, look at me and they go, supplies. <laughs> and their whole physiology changed. I mean, they, they went from being, I'm so, you know, we just got a customer and we don't have enough products. We shipped it later. We made a mistake or who knows what yeah. it is. I oh, know those are, those are stressful. I got that. But we, you know, I saw this person had a t-shirt once that said life sucks and then you die. And I'm going like, no, this is life right now. We're not, this is not practice. And then we're going to have life next. This is life. We have to enjoy life now. I mean, we're, we're blessed with all these awesome things that happen and some bad things that happen. There's no question, but then yeah. they are good stories to tell, you know, sure. it's part of enriching our life, you know? And I mean, I it that, sounds like you have had a very full, rich life. I'm curious if your memories of creativity, like what is your earliest memory of being creative? Um, My earliest memory of being creative, uh, formally it was in, in art class. Yeah. Okay? That was in college. But I know I was creative before that. I would start trying to figure out how to make things and fix things and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, I, I just, it was in our, I never consciously thought about it before. Okay. Right. Where, where does creativity come from? It comes from passion and stuff you love. I mean, you always have creativity. I love movies. I, my son and my oldest daughter, I have a son and three daughters. My old son and my oldest daughter were in a ton of movies and TV shows. And part of why, and part of why I got into advertising is I love art. I love passion. You know, I, I, I want to understand art. I want to understand that it's just, you know, creativity moves people yeah if you say something i'll go back to like the things i was talking about with brain glue you know when uh um you know when malcolm x said you know ask not what you cut i mean um we didn't land on plymouth rock the rock landed on you i mean that's you know, a whole story gets created inside our our mind sure. our heart you know and it yeah. affects us really tremendously and so to me i never thought of it until you started asking me this but brain glue is the triggering of art of the same mm -hmm. thing that art does, which is emotion. It, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the bottom line is our life is so short. If we're not going to be emotionally moved by things, and sometimes, you know, crying in a movie or something like that, or crying because I, my dog died or something like that. Okay, you've got to have that too, because I think if you don't have the down, you don't get the, you don't enjoy the up. Right. You know, you've got to have the range of motion. You can't be just like this. In fact, my wife, when we lived in Canada, we lived in Montreal first. My wife, uh, we knew she worked at a community college and they had this guy 
who was the maintenance guy for all the buildings that they have. And his life was organized. He knew everything that was going to happen. He, if he wanted, he knew we're going to go on a vacation in two years. We'll save up money for that, whatever else it was. And we're going to retire. A month before he retired, I always remember this. A month before his he retired, his wife left him. You know what she said? I realize my life has been boring with you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? <laughs> I wish I had some of those things in my life. You know, we've had so many, you know, but uh, the yeah. but you left because your life was boring. And I realized that I cannot say my life has been boring. Can you say your life has been boring? No, my oh. life has definitely not been boring. It's an adventure. And it sounds like so many stories that spark creativity and spark emotion for you and passion. What, if you were to come across someone or meet someone who didn't feel like they were creative, how would you encourage them to find creativity in their life? So <laughs> everybody is creative and they don't realize it. Okay. Because yeah. if you like things, if you're passionate about things, if you ever seen a movie or read a book or, or seen something that you thought was beautiful or seen a guy or a girl who was beautiful. I mean, you've got, you've got art inside. You've got passion inside you. You've got, creativity inside you and you don't realize it finding your passion what you love you can really tap into your creativity and finding that joy and that peace and it sounds like you have so much of that in your own life I just have one last question what does it feel like in your body to be creative fabulous I mean it feels um it's it's you know creativity is an exploration for me it's a, a discovery for me of something new you know if i see hear a song and i've never heard the song before this type of song and uh you know there are certain songs i'll listen to with my wife and i go oh i love this is one of my favorite songs of all time and it's it's not like any other song mm. you know i love it because it sort of takes me to a place that i've never been before and it's yeah. part of you know, it's part of life is like, you know, you want life to be interesting. You want life to expose you to things that you've never experienced before. You want to go for a walk to someplace you've never been before. We're sitting and watching these birds. You know, uh, my wife looks up. I look down all the time. I'm looking at what animals down there. My wife is looking at, well, look, there's an eagle. There's a, this, you know, there's a, a hawk. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look, the, uh, the, the blackbirds are attacking the hawk. You know, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I never noticed that. There's a hawk? Well, I've never seen hawks. Oh, yeah, they're all over the place. I and love it. It, it's it sounds like you can find creativity wherever you go in whatever you do. And that is a gift to share with others. And it sounds like you get so many opportunities to share it. And if people want to learn from you, with you, read your book, how could they go about doing that? Well, the easiest way is go to brain, braingluebook.com. And, and, you know, hopefully you'll buy it. But even if you don't buy the book, it, it'll take you to Amazon. OK, Amazon lets you read parts of it, which is really cool. We also have a, an audio book because a lot of people like audiobooks. We have this fabulous narrator, this guy, Johnny Unitas, <laughs> and he's like hilarious. And he tells this story. So we have a sample that you can listen to the story of it also. But I think it's one of the things about brain glue is as people start learning brain glue, they go, oh, I knew this. I never realized these things all are connected together. Rhyme, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. if the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. Wow, they use it in court. I can't believe <laughs> that, you know, Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pill. I mean, rhyme. Wow, it's amazing. 
you know, they and they start as they start recognizing these things, they realize this is fun. This mm-hmm. is all around us. You know, these things are, you know, these are phrases. I heard people say this all the time. They sound so impressive. I never realized they're actually using a technique. Whoa, I can do that. And it yeah. becomes really fun. So braingluebook.com. At least, you know, check out some of the free stuff that you can see on that. I think you'll really like it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. It has been full of creativity and so much fun. So thank you again. Uh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. listening to the sustaining creativity podcast we'd love to keep in touch so follow us on facebook and instagram we are at sustaining creativity make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts tag your friends and family so they can listen too we love to hear from you so leave your reviews comments and questions check out our website sustainingcreativity.com for upcoming offerings and creativity coaching tune in tuesdays for our next episode And remember, with creativity, anything's possible.